This is Unfilter, episode 77 for December 4th, 2013. I think terror is up worldwide. The statistics indicate that. The fatalities are way up. Uh, the numbers are way up. Uh, there are new bombs, very big bombs, trucks being reinforced for those bombs. There are bombs that go through magnetometers. The bomb maker is still alive. There are more groups than ever. And there is huge malevolence out there. On this week's episode of Unfiltered, Diane Feinstein and Mike Rogers, the supposed chief overseers of the U.S. intelligence war machine, held a joint interview over the weekend that gives us new insights into their rampant paranoia and circular logic that dominates their thinking and enables them to justify spying on the world's population. We'll bust their talking points and focus in on their real motivations. But first, the editor of The Guardian was grilled by politicians and his patriotism called into question. Meanwhile, Greenwald takes to the air to defend their reporting on the Snowden leaks. Then it's Amazon's drones, your feedback, our follow-up, and much, much more on this week's episode of Unfiltered. Welcome to Unfilter, episode 77 of Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show that's distracting you from all of that TV you shouldn't be watching. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week is the always excellent Mr. Chase. That's right. That's six dings for six bombs. And you know who else has said, like, a word over and over again? What's the first thing that comes to Bomb, bomb, bomb. I don't know. Who? No, Bomber. Oh, you, Bomber. Close. Developers, 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 developers. Yeah, developers. yeah during the uh, opening, Chase and I were counting the amount of times Diane Feinstein managed to fit bombs into a 30-second clip. I think I got the, the appropriate number of dings <laughs> on there. How about that? Oh, <laughs> right? man. Are I, you scared? Are you real scared, Chase? You know what? I'm going to play it again later in the show because it's so great. It's so good. I just want to revel in it. I, I just want to say, I uh, missed you guys last week. I uh, hope you yeah. guys had a, you know, by the way, we we were still here. We, we had did. a supporter yep. show. We did. And, uh, but if you uh, are not a supporter, I, I want to say thank you. And uh, hope you hope, had a good Thanksgiving. Yeah, especially here in the States. Yeah, uh, well, that would, yeah, I mean, in Canada and Australia, but I don't even know why they have a Thanksgiving, to tell you the truth. Well, they have them at different times. Yeah, it shows you what a scam Thanksgiving is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all about, it's all, you know, it's all about sales, Chris. It's about oh my Black goodness. Friday. Oh, my goodness. You know what else is all about Black Friday, Chase? What? Amazon today unveiled something Guy. very, very exciting called Prime Air. That's right. That's wait, you. Wait, <laughs> everybody was talking about right, this. That is so weird. Amazon. Here. <laughs> what Amazon? <laughs> Stop that! That was you from Geek Gamer Weekly this week. Wait, that's everybody's weird. talking about Amazon so and Amazon and the drones, and of course, it's even gotten coverage on the BBC. Take a look at these! I want one. We've got one in the studio. Look at it coming in on me. Imagine ordering something online and it arriving on your doorstep about half an hour later. Well, the online retailer 
Amazon says Amazon. it's working on technology could, that could make that certainly a reality. They're testing unmanned drones called octocopters, which could deliver packages weighing up to about 2.3 kilograms, that's about five pounds, to customers within 30 minutes of them placing the order. Now, according to some analysts, this technology certainly could be the next big thing, delivering everything, well, everything from pizza, kebabs even, to Wait. personal shopping being handled all we by these drones. We talked about the pizza thing. Let's not get yep. too excited. Though, They're stealing Amazon our idea. It could take about, about fudge, five man? years before that service uh, could uh, sort of kick in. So this was the that big was, tech story, that right? That was our ticket, Chris. Amazon Prime Air was the big story. And here we go, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, here, you know, uh, I gotta, I, I commend you, Chase. You were one of the first podcasts that I saw on the internet that covered this story. So good on you, sir. Thank you. And I don't discredit you at all for covering it because I would have covered it if I was in the same position. Yep. But now that we have watched all of this transpire, yep. let's play back the first few seconds uh, of 60, sec- 60 minutes with Charlie Rose sucking off just <laughs> sucking Bezos. off Bezos. Just yeah. listen, listen to how they're sucking him off. Oh. There has never been a company quite like Amazon. Conceived as an online bookseller, Amazon has reinvented itself time and again, yeah. changing the way the world shops, reads, and computes. Amazon has 225 million customers around the world. Its goal is to sell everything to everyone. The brainchild of Jeff Bezos, Amazon prides itself on disrupting the traditional way of doing things. A few weeks ago, the company announced it was launching Sunday Delivery. Tonight, for the first time, you will be introduced to perhaps Amazon's boldest venture ever. Over the last month, 60 Minutes was granted unprecedented access inside Amazon's operations. If you have ever wondered what what happens... Listen to let's let's listen to that part again. Here. Over the last month, six, oh, over the last month, you say over the last month. Over the last month, sixty minutes was granted unprecedented access inside Amazon's operations. If you have ever wondered what happens after you've clicked and placed an order on Amazon, take a look. Ooh, he's like a Willy Wonka. Ooh. Oh wait, I thought they're gonna cue the rock music. They do. They go take in. a look. Yeah. The, literally, the next scene is like if there could be, if there ever was a Santa's workshop, this is surely it. Yeah. I have the whole video in the supporters. Yeah, I, I, I actually watched it. I, yeah. I, I watched the whole segment. So, um, you didn't call him on this. I'm a little disappointed, although you were skeptical. This was a Cyber Monday advertisement that we like of the likes we have never seen before. They work with CBS, and I'll, I'll guarantee you this is exactly how it went Ooh, down. Ooh, man, I missed that. Right? I, I totally missed Sunday that. Sunday before Cyber Monday, I missed dude. that completely. I know, and that's exactly... So here they are, and I guarantee... You know why I missed it? Because I didn't participate in Black Friday. Well, and it was just exciting. It's, it was an interesting story, and it's like we all... We, yeah. Here's the thing. Before we go too yeah. far into this, because people are going to say I'm bitter against Amazon and stuff like that, here's the thing. I want to take advantage of this. If I want to fuck my wife and I can I can order a con a condom in thirty minutes, you're damn right I'm going to take advantage Hello. of that, right? Yeah. So I am totally down with this kind of service. Pull out, Chris. It's better. I, well, but, well, three kids, <laughs> three kids, Chase, three kids. So if I want to take advantage of a thirty minute drone, you're damn right I'm going to take advantage. Of it. So I'm down with this. <laughs> I could just see I could just see that see this now, right? You're you're in a. You're you're out in a beautiful country uh, setting, right? You, you 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 there you are with your with your wife or your significant other, and right? You're getting ready to kiss her, and you you reach into your pocket, and you you don't have any condoms, so. Would you? <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's exactly it. I so I uh, now, but look, let's be clear. Yeah, they sat down with CBS and they said, look. 
we're going to work with you guys. And what we're going to do is we're going to give you an exclusive with Jeff. And then we're going to surprise you. We're going to surprise you in a way you've never been surprised. And I'm not, I'm not making this up. This is literally what Amazon said. In fact, Jeff Bezos himself said that I guarantee you that you will be so surprised that if you can guess what it is I'm about to show you, I will give you half my fortune and then send you to Vegas on it. That's what Whoa. Jeff Bezos told Charlie Rose. Wow. Right? So what did Charlie say? What did he say? What did he say? What did he say? Well, he said, I'm going to go check it out. Yeah, but he didn't guess? So they, oh. no, no, they, they, they thought it was going to be like Amazon's launching a news service is oh. what they thought it was going to be. I got it linked in the show notes. Okay. So this was, this was a prime example of the CBS 60 Minutes News being bought and paid for by not the military industrial complex, but just by industry. So they roll this out on Sunday before Cyber Monday. Well, let me guarantee you this. Cyber Monday was a boon for Amazon. In fact, tweets for uh, about Amazon increased 180% between Saturday and Sunday. Their 60 Minutes appearance was a great tool for getting people to talk about Jeff Bezos, Amazon, and the drones. Of course, Amazon hopes that increased the conversion to Amazon.com because this year competition was stiffer than ever. I've got a link in yeah. the show notes that shows a massive spike in talk and communications and traffic about Amazon. This was a huge promo. And honestly, there's a lot of interest around drones. Reaction on Twitter was immediate. A disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> One user joked that having your stuff shot down is cooler than being stolen from your porch. <laughs> the FAA currently bans the commercial use of drones, even as it works on regulating them by 2015. Despite the ban, they're in widespread use. Real estate agents use them to photograph homes. This allows a client to walk the entire property from, really, from their computer. They've helped farmers spray their crops. And Hollywood is putting them to work on overseas productions from Harry Potter to the Bond film Skyfall. The industry is just getting off the ground, predicted to be an $82 billion business in the next decade. $82 billion. And Amazon business. stole my idea. Let it be known right here on the show Go. that they have stolen my well, idea of pizza delivery. Well, Domino's has been testing pizza delivery drones. Did you know that? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. And did you know that you, after this piece, UPS was like, hey, guys. Oh, what about us? We're, we're working on drones, too. Yeah. Not to be outdone by the proposed Amazon.com Air Force, UPS is reported to be pursuing its own plans to deliver by drone. Presumably brown ones. The report uh, on the website uh, The Verge uh, says UPS's project has been underway for some time, but before any of this happens, the feds will get a vote. So will Congress, where some fear the skies over this country are going to become thick with unregulated drone traffic. So I respect Amazon and their PR department for pulling this one off. They bought and paid for 60 minutes. They got the ultimate premium placement. The Amazon drone story was the number one story on all of the news sites Cyber Monday morning. Absolutely, completely brilliant. But let's be realistic here, people. Yeah. They were talking about drones at best, at best, that will ship in two, uh, that will go in the air in 2015 at best. They can carry five pounds currently at best. They have a 10 mile range from the fulfillment center however friends you have to remember that five of that is getting there and five of that is getting back so they actually have a five mile range they have a five mile range yeah, from but, the fulfillment but, center but remember chris there's a few things we need to think about here first off the technology 
I mean, we're just starting to see drones that you can just go out and buy in the store. You know, the, yeah. what is that, yeah. that parrot thing, right? Yeah, yep. So you got to think. It's going to get better in five years. In, four, in, four, in five years, yeah. we're going to have drones that will probably run on fuel cells. But some people actually think that we're not even going to see the regulation passed for commercial drone flights until 2026. Well, that's probably right because there's going to be panels. You're going to have people. I mean, the thing is also... What happens if it takes off in good weather and then it gets stuck in a storm? Right, what if right, it crashes? Right. What if it kills a dog? What if it, yeah, what if it lands on my head? Right. I mean, yeah, I, I just, yeah. Uh, um, I guess I was a little disappointed because this one really took the whole entire tech community by storm. Uh, and there was just none of nobody stepped back and said, "Gosh, Sunday evening before Cyber Monday." That well, seems- I mean, I know the thing is, you know, uh, obviously, <laughs> if you, you you paid attention to the Key Gamer Weekly Who, show, me? yeah, you no. Uh, Who, me? But <laughs> No, not me. Amazon today unveiled something very, very oh, exciting. I'm, I'm really loud there. Called Prime Air. Prime Air, Chase. So, so here's the thing about Prime Look at that waveform. You kind of, you kind of talk like Obama a little bit. Now. <laughs> now, what you need to realize is Amazon is an American company you got to do it where it's just long enough that i think you forgot for a second <laughs> no but i didn't add enough us in there yeah right hey by uh, the way notice no us in that sentence by true, the way. True. but anyway um what i was going to say uh, and i lost uh my train of thought sorry about that right. it got taken up by storm yeah, i mean it did. It, it's an interesting story oh, nobody on the show uh, participated in black friday that's why we never we never we had a canadian on the show and you guys we, weren't thinking about it we weren't thinking about black right. Friday. So why would we think about cyber Monday? right yeah and that's, I mean, that's just, it's an interesting story, too. So at, some, at one point, I give them credit, but I just think it does show you, I think at the core of this, what we're really talking about is CBS is just totally bought and paid for. Yeah. Like, I, there's not a, there's not you a know check what, Bezos could have written. But to be fair, it's not just CBS, though. Okay, most mm, major true. networks are bought and paid for. That's We've true. seen it time and time again. Yeah. What do I always say? Follow the money. That's what I always say on the show. You always say, you know what you always say, Chase? What? You're always like, hey, Chris, could you do me a favor and show me the money? Yeah. And I'm always like, okay, Chase. Yeah. And in fact, you know, this is coming home to roost. CNN is having their worst year ever. (laughs) During an off election year, most news organizations will see their ratings decrease a bit. But CNNs are currently some of the lowest. Their ratings have dropped 48% since November of last year. And for the important demographic of 25 to 54 year olds, these ratings have decreased 59%. Yeah, super out. Yeah. Taking a look at their competitors, MSNBC has dropped 45% since November 2012 and 52% for the 25 to 54 year old demographic. You know, you know why, Chris? I, I can tell you why. Why? You know, we, we, think it, we think it's about the love of Obamacare. We think it's about the love of the presidency. No, no, no. They're losing the hot chicks, Chris. Not Fox. No, no, no. But I'm, but I'm saying this, though, especially CNN. Yeah. I mean, you got Aaron, Aaron Burnett. There's she, actually. She's, she's, you, know, you ready for this? You know, I, I can't remember the exact name, but it's like Bear News Broadcast to so the people that do news, naked, the naked news. Yeah, I thought it was just naked news. The joke, and I'm not actually sure it's a joke because yeah. CNN was contacted and asked to comment and they declined. The, the rumor is that CNN has contacted them to consult with them on how to change their, their lineup because CNN wants to sex it up. Well, you know what? They they got the old Wolf Blitzer. Remember they uh, 
I mean, yeah, actually, what do you fact, do? This right here is uh, check this out. Uh, yeah. This is you remember so Zucker eleven months ago. Yeah. Uh, Mark Mark Zucker Jeff Zucker Jeff Zucker took he came from NBC. Yep. Took when, over when Comcast bought NBC. They kicked well, him he out. Was, he was at he was at NBC Sports. Yeah. He, he was went. responsible for the whole Conan fiasco. Oh yeah, man. yeah. And that was kind of his outing. Fudge right? him. Yeah. So he said, "This is a direct quote." The goal for the next six months is that we need more shows and less newscasts. And then the article goes on to say he wants the network to attract, and this is again a quote, viewers who are watching places like Discovery, History, and Nat Geo and A&E to watch CNN. So they are going to do less news at CNN and more Discovery and What does History CNN channel. stand for? Uh, cable News. Uh, ready for this? News Network. Uh, well, unless you change the call letters of what you are, mm-hmm. uh, that you is mean, your identity. That, I mean, your network is your identity, right? Right. I agree. So this is CNN breaking news. I mean, here's the thing about CNN. Okay. You know, for all the fun that we make of Wolf and Aaron and, and, and Anderson Pooper, you know, all those guys, if there's something breaking, like straight up hardcore news, and, right. I, and, I, and I'm on cable, like Sandy Hook or whatever, something major, like a disaster, like a natural disaster, or but you know or, what, Chase? or an election, they botch it so bad now. Like they really but do. But it like, used to not be that in way. Fact, like, if it was breaking news and it was something major, you turn it to CNN. In fact, I think this clip plays like. And for the important. This clip, I think, goes into like how bad they botched it recently with John Stewart. And for the important demographic of 25 to 54 year olds, these ratings have decreased 59 percent. Taking a look at their competitors, MSNBC has dropped 45 percent since November 2012 and 52 percent for the 25 to 54 year old demographic. The Fox News Channel only saw an 18 percent drop in viewership since last November and the 25 to 54 year old demographic is down 30 percent. So what is CNN doing wrong? John Stewart has highlighted some obvious examples. What is CNN doing wrong? Got to go to John, man. Uh, Occasionally, as we watch it, it may be a little frustrated, a little upset. You know, like when there's a breaking news incident and this network just fans out into the streets and and guesses at that might be happening. (laughs) Uh, We can take a shot of this chopper right here if we can. This apparently is a some kind of a rescue chopper. Look at all these cars that are coming. Something just happened. We don't know what it is. It's uh, it's really bad. Yeah, I mean, so the problem is that CNN has been sucking the late breaking stuff because they just have to go into the speculation because they have so much time to fill. I don't know. I mean, it's it's a, it is a tragedy. But you know what? It's a good time to be the unfiltered show in yes, a way, right? Because uh, she said, I mean, CNN has are been you hit the we worst. To, are you saying we need to go twenty four seven unfiltered? Well, at least daily morning. That's all I've been saying. You know, daily morning with uh, Chase and Chris. You know, I I would definitely Chase do. and Chris. Chase and Chris. I would do it, man. Yeah, every morning. We start at 7 a.m. Pacific, Chase and Chris, and we break through the news. We play the clips of the day. But we would need to have breaks. We'd have to have breaks. Well, uh, maybe somebody out in the audience could be our musical DJ and send in mixes. And we'd play that, and we'd, we'd take like a, a, a five-minute break. You know, you you go smoke a blunt, and I'd have a shot, and then and, and, and then maybe we can do like regional news updates for 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 the four time zones. So Eastern, yeah, sure, Mountain, sure. You know, Central, it is uh, it is seven o'clock in the Pacific Northwest, which would be uh, eleven ten, o'clock. Ten, ten Eastern. It's, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I was going to go Central. Okay, all yeah. right. Okay. So here is your Eastern Seaboard update for you, brought right. to you by GoDaddy.com. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so, anyways, I just think it's funny. You know, since the show started, it is not our fault. But yeah. like the CNN ratings are down fifty percent uh, in the last eleven months. Well, don't worry, they'll come back next election year. Don't worry, they might. They will. They are already they pimping will. the election, so they might. 
Well, yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> most networks always pimp the next selection. So uh, this would be a good time to thank our Unfiltered supporters who are helping us uh, to plot a course down a different path than what the uh, traditional news networks take. That's right. That is the fact that we are brought to you by you, the Unfiltered Viewers audience. Viewers like you. Viewers like you, Chase. And you. And, and you. you. Uh, so thank you to our 273 Unfiltered supporters. Those 273 individuals are contributing Every single month, the Unfiltered Show. And that brings us to the thousands of you who don't contribute. Oh! So this week, I want to thank you, Matt. I want to say thank you to Matt B., Dylan L., good name, Jason F., Aaron G., Professor Chaos, Andrew T., Matt D., Edward R., and Jared R. Yeah. You now bring our total up to 273 Unfiltered supporters. Chase. Yes, sir. Did you know that the Unfiltered supporters get a standard perk where they can download the pre and post show with extra clips, music, hijinks, off the cuff comments? This week, what's her face? Hey, hey, Chris, but yeah. did you know? I might not have. That there's an exclusive BitTorrent sync share and you get all the back catalog pre, post, non-production, clips, notes, what? ever since the NSA scandal broke before episode 54, you get access. How many In tera- one sink? How many terabytes? Like a jillion. It's a jillion terabytes Here's what's really cool. Of info. So we, we have two BitTorrent, well, actually we have three, uh, yeah. but uh, the first two are, we have all of the show notes since episode 54, that's when the NSA scandal broke. You can get all of the source code for our show, you can get everything, the notes, the artwork, the clips, all of it, that's one sync, and then we have a separate sync, the last five supporter show and oh my god this is amazing you load BitTorrent sync on your mobile device you add the share to your mobile device either via QR code or you just paste the, the secret key in there the BitTorrent sync client on the mobile device it just lists all the freaking files oh. you click the file you want it downloads it immediately it's smooth and here's the thing as the unfiltered show approaches the holidays, my friends, I have some bad news for you. Oh, I have some bad news because oh, no. unfiltered lands on December 25th and January 1st. We're not going to have regular episodes those week, but we will have unfiltered supporter only shows. And right. we've already done one. We did one last week. And it was fun. And it was like an hour and 45 minute show. It was we a full on show. And the great thing about it is, you know, you know, we were much more kickback, obviously. You know, we don't have a rigid time schedule because we try to keep these shows within a tight manner. Right. That's right, Chase. We're very casual. Yeah. We, we go off on wild tangents. We bring in special guests. That's right. I mean, we have... Perf- presidents that come on presidential level guests it's just really awesome stuff here's a nice thing yeah so uh as we approach the holidays if you become an unfiltered supporters now if you get in there you go over the show notes you click on that support link and jupiter broadcasting needs your support more than ever right oh, now totally if you go over there double ding I will leave all of the unfiltered supporters only shows in that BitTorrent sync through the holidays. So if you need something to listen to through the holidays, if you want to hear all of those supporters only shows, you become a subscriber, you get that BitTorrent sync key. You need to do it now. Do it now so you don't happen to get in there when we're off. And then you can get all the supporter shows that come out when we're not on the air. You know, I have an idea. Let's say, for example, over the holiday season, you have a relative. I have the, I have a couple of You those. probably have a relative or some close friends and family that have might have not even heard of the Unfiltered show. So, I think Chris would probably allow you to go ahead and download sure. it and take an episode. Sure, take an episode. Put it on a USB drive yep. and stick it in a stocking. Why not? And just say, "Hey, listen to this." So, if listen, now is a great time to become an Unfiltered supporter because we need your support more than ever. We're going to have shows that only go out to just the supporters. And it's kind of fun for us because Chase get to do a Chase and I get to do a show for about 300 people. It's kind of neat. And very exclusive. And in this week 
we had a great tip for cord cutters or people who were thinking about becoming cord cutters. I, what was the first thing I did? The you, first you signed thing up I did. while we were talking first about First thing it. I was like, this, this is awesome. I know. I'm only putting that in the supporter show. Yep. That's the only place you're yep. going to find that. And if you want to get the supporters only content while we take the holiday break on the 25th and 1st, well, my friends, you need to go over to the unfiltered support uh, show notes, click on that supporter link, and then I'll send out the BitTorrent sync link. Uh, and also a, ma- a newsletter that go- goes into kind of behind the scenes of each episode, gives you the sync keys, and also gives you direct MP3 downloads to listen to that week's episode. So there's a lot of stuff. You get a lot of extra context to what we covered. So please consider supporting the Unfilter Show. And by the way, new BitTorrent Sync uh, JFK archive key because some fucker out there was putting Windows 7 in the in the JFK archive. What? To be a dick. To be a dick. Why? So I changed the key. So it's read only for everybody. He ruined it for everybody. So good job, asshole. You ruined it for everybody. Thank you. And so now it is read only. The new key, the JFK Archive, is in the show notes. That's available for anybody. But if you're an unfiltered supporter, stay tuned because over the holiday weeks, you're going to get special shows just for you. And I got stuff planned. I got stuff planned, my friend. Oh, I love that stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That. So thank you. I like mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> to our 273 unfiltered supporters, you guys are keeping us on the air. And we really appreciate it. We'd love to get that to 333. That's what we're trying to get uh, to. So that way we pay for the production costs. And then... Then some real crazy stuff's going to start happening, Chase. You know, I mean, I mean, I, 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 you know, I'd love to be here full time doing a morning this show. Is what I'm saying, I know, that's what I'm saying. Wake up in the morning, roll up out of your bed, Chase oh. and Chris, Chase and Chris. I mean, I, I mean, roll out of my bed. What? My no, nothing. Did that get weird? No. Aye. All right. Speaking of getting weird, let's talk about the NSA, Chase. The NSA is crazy. So. It came out today. Today, story broke today. The NSA is tracking cell phone locations worldwide, according to the Snowden leak. And we begin with a developing story today, ah. as yet another NSA bulk data collection program has been revealed. Uh oh. Based on interviews and documents obtained from Edward Snowden, the Washington Post reports that the NSA is tracking cell phone locations all around the world, collecting That's nearly nice. five billion records every single day. Oh, whoa. That information is stored in a vast a database that is able to track the location of hundreds of millions of devices and the people who use How the hell could they even track five billion records a day? Where do they keep all this stuff? On the Amazon cloud? <laughs> collecting nearly five billion records every single day. Wow. That information is stored in a vast database that is able to track the location of hundreds of millions of devices and the people who use those devices and develop complex relationship maps of who's interacting with who and where they're interacting based on this data. Agency officials say that this program, by design, does not target Americans. But as we've learned with other NSA bulk collection programs, Americans' data is often incidentally swept up into these databases. As are the locations of tens of millions of Americans who travel abroad every year and use their cell phones. Now, in recent months, senators like Ron Wyden have pressed the NSA on whether or not they are conducting a program using cell site location data within the United States. And the NSA has denied that such a program currently exists. The operative word there, currently. But this latest leak exposes such a program existing on a global scale with enormous capabilities, wherein analysts can locate any cell phone in the world and retrace the movements of that device and its owner, tracking him or her as they move about to work or to their private home or to a private meeting. According to NSA documents, the amount of data flowing into their databases as a result of this program is outpacing the agency's ability to ingest, process, and store it. 
And as for the implications of this latest leak, it shows that efforts to keep phone communications a secret by using disposable phones or leaving them turned off don't work given the NSA's capabilities. In fact, this newly revealed program is designed to specifically sniff out devices that appear to be trying to remain hidden. Oh, so the oh. burner approach. Doesn't All work. right, so here, here, this is this is for you guys. This is how you get away from the NSA. Lay it on me, Chase. I'm right, ready. It's real simple. Uh, Put remember, it in my body. Remember, if you would. remember back in the '90s, there was something called, uh, maybe even in the '80s, and a lot of people had them in the '90s, uh, called pagers. Oh yeah, yeah. I got. I used yeah. to have one. Yeah. So you you would wear it in your pocket or on I your had belt, codes. and yeah, I would have codes to like '69 and all that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. so and so. <laughs> And then you would go and call them back via a, a pay phone. Right. Okay. Right. Um, uh, or you can get one of these uh, old school phones that you just flip open. They're not smartphones. They don't even have GPS. So they say they are and developing you can, techniques. You can pull the battery out. So they say they are de- – so they don't use GPS. They just use cell phone Triangulation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're talking about how what they try to do is develop a, uh environment where if you if you flip through a bunch of different phones, like burners, they can still track you. And what they do is they put you inside like this grid, and they, this is your operational grid. And then they figure out all the friends that you know and what grids they operate in, and then they have a good idea of what areas you'll be at, where your friends are at. And they're working on figuring out when you and your friend are riding in a car together or going to the same location. Like if your friend's in his own car driving there and you're in your own car driving there, they want to know if but you're both going I, to the same but location. But what I do, Chris, is I put my phone in a Faraday cage. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, granted, yes, How does Waze work when you're having a Faraday cage? Real good? Not so good. <laughs> Not so good. No. <laughs> Actually, you know what I use then? Huh. I have a GPS. I know. A normal standard GPS sitting on my dash. Tom, Tom. Get Tom, me Tom. there, yeah. Garmin, yes. Uh, all right. So I just thought that was kind of, um, that broke today. Yeah. Uh, Washington Post had that one. Uh, uh, Five billion cell phone locations I mean, I, I, lo- I love this this line from the Washington Post here. It says, the NSA says its collection is lawful. The agency says it is not interested in everyone's data and does not intentionally collect U.S. location information in bulk. It, it does not intentionally do it. It's just a uh, byproduct, uh, if you will. It, it sneaks in there, Chase. Just, it sneaks in it's there. It's kind of like Google doing its Wi-Fi war driving and accidentally picking up unsecured right. Wi-Fi access. It's right. just a byproduct. Yeah. The fact that we packet captured everything and stored it into a database and made it searchable. But, it, that but, was, it, but it's a little in. doesn't mean an accident. Hey, don't be judgy, right? Don't be judgy. All right. So um, let's, uh, let's get into some of the things that happened recently. Uh, the Guardian editor was brought in front of a bunch of politicians to defend the Guardian's reporting on the Snowden leaks, and RT had a pretty good summary of what went down. The editor of Britain's Guardian newspaper is staying defiant, flat out denying his paper was aiding terrorists by publishing revelations on the scale of global surveillance. He was being grilled by a parliamentary committee which questioned whether the paper is encouraging terrorism. To RT Sarah Firth now, who's covering the hearing chorus in London. Sarah, it wasn't easy, but uh, Ross Bridger somehow managed to stay calm and cool through certain parts of that hearing, didn't he? Well, what a hearing it was. It was lively. At times it got quite heavy-handed, I think it's fair to say. Uh, As you said, the editor of the Guardian newspaper managing to answer all those questions. But uh, some of the questions, I think, will have um, raised some eyebrows, certainly. We heard at one point an MP ask Alan Rusbridger, do you love your country? Now, that wasn't the only question that is going to be raising eyebrows. We also... 
In fact, here's what I thought it was. I thought it was kind of an interesting quote. Uh, here's what they said. So they're they're doing the line of questioning, and he said, uh, uh, "You know, do you love your country?" And Alan Rusberger responded, "I'm slightly surprised to be asked this question, but yes, we are patriots, and one of the things we are patriotic about is the nature of democracy, the nature of free press, and the fact that one." can in this country discuss and report these things but they they looked at him and they said you know do you love your country what's the matter with you of your country now that wasn't the only question that is going to be raising eyebrows we also uh, heard one mp seemingly compare some of the guardian disclosures of the edward snowden files to the leaking of secrets uh, to the nazis let's take a listen to that uh, Mr. If, if you'd is known, that a question? If you'd known about the Enigma code during World War II, would you have transmitted that information to... Is this like pulling the 9-11 card? Like, if, if you would... If you would, would you have been or, a Nazi or, sympathizer back in the uh, World War II? I mean, what yeah. the hell is this? Well, is, do you have, like, five major talking points, and you pull them all from the major wars. So you got the Nazis, okay. you got the Vietnam yeah, War, okay. you got the Korean War... You got your 9-11. You got your 9-11. You gotta get your 9-11. And then there. you got something current, yeah. Uh, yeah. which is what? Cyber, 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 cyber. Cyber, cyber. If you'd known about the Enigma code during World War II, would you have transmitted that information to the Nazis? Now, the question session, uh, all the more interesting if you compare it to what took place at the beginning of last month. And there we saw the heads of the UK intelligence agencies, MI5, MI6, GCHQ, and they'd come before another parliamentary committee. And there, the questioning, much calmer, uh, much more coordinated. Uh, and certainly, this is something that the uh, editor of The Guardian uh, also made note of in his questioning today. Let's take a listen to that. This is a great point to be making here because, uh, yeah, realistically, we saw them sit down. We saw them ask these guys these questions, and they were all softballs. The catastrophic leak that did happen was dealt with by the IFC with the following exchange. Chairman, can we assume you are having discussions with your American colleagues about the hundreds of thousands of people who appear to have access to your information? Head of MI5, all three of us are involved in those discussions, Chairman. Chair, thank you very much. (laughs) Now that is that is actually the parliament laughing. Oh yeah, yeah, we were. Oh shit, we were being a bunch of soft. Yeah. MI five. All three of us are involved in those discussions, Chairman. Chair, thank you very much. <laughs> oh, oh fuck, that's now, funny. Coming towards the end of that session, we heard Alan Rusbridger asked if the Guardian would continue to publish it's revelations, and he said that uh, they wouldn't be intimidated, but they wouldn't behave recklessly. And that was quite important, I think, in today's session. He really made note of the uh, level of scrutiny that the journalists involved in publishing these stories uh, undertook, uh, and saying that they have behaved responsibly and have sparked this debate now about the scope of the surveillance that intelligence agencies in this country have undertaken. So uh, certainly I think this debate not going away anytime soon. Sarah, thanks very much indeed for that. Sarah Firth live from our London studio. So uh, while this was going on, over the weekend, Glenn Greenwald was brought onto a show on the BBC called Hard Talk. Have you heard of Hard Talk before? I've heard of Hard Ball. Hard Talk, uh, where the host actually asked semi-hard questions. Now, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm a Or bit, semi-soft. I'm starting to, yeah. Since Glee, I, I so last week in the Unfiltered Supporters Show, we played a story about the NSA, and the NSA was using, uh, was monitoring the porn habits of dissidents to uh, get yes. political leverage over them. Yep. And the way that the Huffington Post got the story was Glenn Greenwald sold it to them. And I'm watching this, and I'm thinking. 
God, this is a little weird. This is a little suspicious. So Glenn Greenwald sits down with the Hard Talk host, and he's got some hard questions. Let's see how Glenn does. You've only published a tiny fraction of the huge number of top-secret documents that you have in your possession. So, question number one. Should we back up here? For people who might be a little new, Glenn Greenwald and Laura Poitras were the two journalists that Edward Snowden reached out to to release his documents to them, and now they are the keepers of these documents, and they have been, in the case of Glenn Greenwald, working with The Guardian and The Washington Post and The New York Times and Der Spiegel. Der Spiegel. Yep. And uh, so he has been sort of the keeper of this. Question number one, who owns those documents intellectually right now? Who has ultimate control over them? You no longer work for The Guardian. Edward Snowden's stuck in Moscow and can't get out. So who actually controls this, in your words, top secret information which is yet to be published? And now Glenn Greenwald has said as much. He said this is extremely top secret information. It's very vital to the, net, to, to, to the interest of the people. Right. So Chase, yeah. who... If you were to, if I was to ask you, so say Edward Snowden had given you these documents, okay. and you had them, like literally, think about it, you've got these in your, like you've got them on a TrueCrypt volume on your computer at home right now. If I said to you, who owns those documents? What would your answer be? Uh, I can't tell you. <laughs> I think my answer would be the people. I mean, I, I well, the public for, deserves I, to know, right? But but at the but at the same time, if I just released it to the public, what if? It would just be squashed by the traditional and mainstream media, right? Mm. I mean, because what if they're involved with it? So I can't really trust it to the general public either. But if I sell it, maybe so. You, so but if you take it more seriously, if you're selling it, then you're saying you own it. You own that information that has been stolen. No, but people take stuff all the time that they don't fully own and sell it, hmm. like real estate. Well, I think Greenwald agrees. The journalist who he trusted um, as, as a source, just like is true in every single case. Well, myself, Laura Poitras, the New York Times has a large number of documents, the Guardian has a large number of documents, and the Washington Post does as well. So basically, the world's now, largest... No, he's saying... Oh, oh, don't, don't, don't pay attention everybody. to that. We'll don't see pay you guys later. What? Now, notice that he's saying there... <laughs> I've got two soundboard programs. He's saying yeah. there that... Some documents. Like, I want to play that again a little bit here because he's saying they don't have all the documents. They're saying he's saying they have some documents. Um, as, as a source, just like is true in every single case. Well, myself, Laura Poitras, the New York Times has a large number of documents. The Guardian has a large number of documents. And The Washington Post does as well. So basically, the world's largest and most respected Western newspapers um, are in possession of these do- a large number of these documents right, but, as well, but, but, in addition but, 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 to myself be, and Laura Poitras. Now... Uh, so his defense here, I, I mean, maybe I'm being too critical. His defense here is that the mainstream media, which he has spent a huge portion of his career criticizing, claiming they are untrustworthy, that they are bought out by the establishment. He right. is now saying, well, it's cool. What are you worried about? They've got the documents. Oh. Don't you think that's a little suspicious? It's a little suspicious. It's just inconsistent, right? Yeah. I, that's my... Okay. Okay. But but you were the first he turned to. I don't know if I'm right in assuming that you have all of the documents and other people have some of the documents. I mean, tell me if that's true. Myself and Laura Poitras have the full set of documents right. and others have portions of them. You have the full set of documents. Do you believe you have the right... You no longer work for The Guardian. You are a freelance journalist. I know you're hooked up with some other people. But do you believe you and maybe Laura Laura Poitras have the right to decide going forward what further to publish? 
We are working with the world's largest media outlets in in making those choices. So, and again, again, he's using this argument, which. Yeah. If we go to Glenn Greenwald even just three months ago, even two months ago, he's railing on these people for being untrustworthy and not covering the story properly. And now his defense is... Now he's on the other side of it. Isn't that a little weird? It is a little strange. And I think it's because now they are his customers. Um, and now he's showing respect because he's selling to them. In, in making those choices. So even though I'm no longer at The Guardian, um, we have started our own media outlet that has some of the most experienced uh, and respected national security editors and journalists in the world already working with our organization. When I report in foreign countries, as I did in the last two weeks in Norway and Holland, I work with some of the largest and most respected media establishments in those countries and have the same exact process and structure where I work with their editors and their lawyers and their journalists to make these decisions collaboratively. So there's never been a single document that has been published because I myself have decided it. We right. work as responsible journalists in a journalistic structure. All right, and that's a fair point. But again, I go back to this, like, yeah, when when the Washington Post or the Huffington Post decides to buy your story, then you work with them. But until then, you don't work with them. You don't trust, plainly don't trust, all of the security chiefs who've lined up to say that what you've done, the stories you've written, have fundamentally undermined security and aided and abetted terrorism. I'll just point you to the evidence of Oliver Robbins, the de Deputy National Security Advisor for Intelligence in the UK Cabinet Office, who says, and he said this, uh, in written evidence in a court case, it is known that the, in the seized material is personal information that would allow intelligence staff to be identified, including those deployed overseas. He says the government has had to assume that copies of information held by Mr. Snowden may now be held by one or more other states. You're saying he is not telling the truth. Now, this is an interesting argument that I don't actually think we've given a lot of consideration to, that... A lot of the archive, the cachet that they have here of NSA documents could be stuff that actually is like personally identifiable to particular individuals that could harm them. And maybe a large portion of the documents they have are not all that interesting to the general public, but filled with, you know, names, procedures and well, crap like that. You know, it needs, it needs to be kind of, uh, I don't know, digested and given to us in a simplified manner, right? So we can understand it. Don't you think it's a little I mean, at this point, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, it's a little weird that they're holding so much stuff. Why can't they take all of this and just do a WikiLeaks dump like a lot of other places have done? They were working with WikiLeaks originally. And you go to WikiLeaks and you're like, boom, here's all of our documents. WikiLeaks processes them and distributes them. And then the journalists have the archive. They can go to it. They can review it. The internet can maybe, parse it. Because maybe they want to keep this in such a high level of the news that this is maybe the only way of doing it. Yeah. There was this thing called the Iraq War in which the U.S. and the U.K. governments persuaded their media outlets and their populations to support an aggressive attack on another country by making one false claim after the next designed to scare the population into believing that there was a security threat that didn't actually exist. Now, so the question was, is, Glenn, how can you say you know more than these intelligence officials who are saying that there could be identifiable information. His answer is the Iraq war. That they That's a bit of a disconnect for me. That they had to go to war in order to stop. 
What journalism is about is it's based on the premise that when people like Mr. Robbins and others who exercise power in the dark make those kinds of claims to justify their own power, they're often lying. They often tell things to the population that turns out to be untrue. And the job of a journalist is not to investigate other journalists who are investigating those powerful officials. It's to try and be responsible when telling their viewers and readers what government officials are saying and then to assess whether there's evidence for it. That's my role you are as saying a journalist. You don't, so you don't have to rely on my you statements. You are saying something you... so explosive, I have to challenge it. You're accusing the most senior intelligence officials on both sides of the Atlantic of routine and systematic lying. What is your evidence? You... Well, now that's not that surprising. I mean, I, I, I could buy that. But I have to agree. It's not that with, shocking. I yeah. have to agree with the hard talk host. He's like, so wait a minute. Your justification for saying that they're lying about the NSA documents today is the fact that they lied about the Iraq War years ago. That doesn't square. It doesn't compute. Lying. What is your evidence? You say, look at the Iraq War. But what is your evidence that when people like the head of GCHQ and the head of MI6 say that there is real evidence that since your revelations, the sorts of communications conducted by terrorists has changed because they've adapted to what they've learned from you. Where is your evidence those intelligence chiefs are lying? Oh, well. First of all, I think the Iraq war is a pretty significant I'm example sorry, that, that's of the not propensity. If you want to scream at me, yeah, you gotta love it. They're getting, they're getting upset here, right? If you want to scream at me, you gotta and, let me talk. You and gotta it's let fair. Me talk. There's that stupid satellite delay because apparently mainstream media hasn't fully heard of Skype or Google Hangouts yet. Full so duplex. There's this damn delay, right? Where yeah. where Glenn Greenwald can get all worked up and you can they can shout over each other. But I think the hard talk guy's asking a valid question. I would expect Greenwald I, I agree. to have a little bit better of a response here. Yeah. I'm sorry, that, that's not evidence. Uh, that, 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 you think that if, would stand if up you in the If you want to scre- scream at me and make all kinds of filibustering remarks, I can just disconnect and you can do that. But if you want to ask me a question, you're going to give me time to actually answer it. The evidence that government officials lie is found in history. With Okay, all right. Now, I... I got to admit, I fall into this too, because when you look back at history, sometimes some of the crap going down today is so obvious in the context of history. So you can see that argument there, but I don't think when you're talking about stuff that is literally the matter of this importance, that's a pretty big kind of assumption to lean on. The evidence that government officials lie is found in history with things like the Iraq War, when the U.S. and the U.K. destroyed a country of 26 million people based on lies they told over the course of two years to their population. And if you look at what happens in countries where there's constitutional guarantees of a free press, which I know doesn't include the U.K., but includes most Western democracies, what you find is all sorts of people who have created those protections have done so based on the recognition that people in power, specifically national security officials, will routinely lie to their population. The evidence that I have is that three Democratic senators just two weeks ago in the United States who are on the Intelligence Committee and have access to classified information came out and said that the claims of NSA officials and others that these programs have stopped terrorist plots is completely false, that there is no evidence for it. And I, I buy that, too. I, you know, we've talked about the 56 incidences that in the U.S. boil down to a dozen, which then boil down to four, which then boil down to two, right. which are weak. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, moving on, last clip from the Greenwald Hard Talk. Should we expect that you will use most of the material Edward Snowden gave you, ultimately? Now, this is an interesting question because The Guardian's editor said that we've published 1%. 
we've published 1%. Now, in the supporters show, we played a clip where Greenwald said, well, we've actually published about, oh, I don't know, 49%. I'm going to use most of the material that's newsworthy. Um, how much of that is uh, part of the pile, I can't quantify for you right now. Um, but like I said, there's a lot more reporting to do because we're not the kind of journalist who just go around repeating what the government says and demanding that everyone accept it is true without evidence. We're the kind of journalist who believe that the way you hold power accountable is by reporting on what the truth actually is, and it's the documents that reveal that. And, you know, you look at this and you think... still a non-answer to me. It's a non-answer. That's and a non-answer. It does sound like this has become a moneymaker. At the same time, if somebody's going to make money at something, uh, this just feels dirty a little bit, doesn't it? Does it feel a little dirty to you? Well, look at look at it... I, I said this in the supporters show. Look at it from the other side of things. I mean, how... I mean, his his professional life is pretty much... I mean, this is he, it. This is it. I don't right? think it's the end of it. I think this is the defining moment of it. Right, but I mean, would he be able to get a job anywhere after this, and not be under a level of scrutiny by his employer and by some right. national security agency? Right, and now they're forming their own thing because that's probably a, oh, that's his best shot. Right, so, so maybe he's making this money, he's paying for it a little bit. Yeah, but in, raising some funds. This is the way that he's going to have to set himself up for the rest of his life. I mean, that's kind of the way I look at it a little bit. I mean, yeah, he's kind of. But at the same time, what we're not possibly talking about here is, is he really maybe playing the game, so to speak? He's he's playing their game uh, that other people would do. I guess – so there's there's two ways you can do this. There's the Greenwald approach where you're still dealing with hard facts and information and you're, in, you're, you're teasing it out there and you're selling it. And then there's just the corporate whore, prostitute model like Candy – which, listen to this clip, and tell me she is not just sucking on the establishment. Moving on, this week marked the 12th Thanksgiving in Afghanistan for U.S. troops. It is a constant reminder that we are only one missed piece of data away from another terror attack against oh, the U.S. Oh. I recently spoke with the chairman of the Senate and House Intelligence Committees, Dianne Feinstein and Mike Rogers. Oh! The big question that's always asked, are we safer now than we were a year ago, two years ago, in general? Now, does this sound like a journalist to you, or does this sound like a spokesperson for the establishment, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. She opens with, we're just one piece of information away from another terrorist attack. And then the first question out of her dumb mouth is, are we more safe or less safe? Could you scare me real quick? Can you make me feel a little bit more scared? Which is exactly, of course, what Diane does. I don't think so. She doesn't think so, Chase. She doesn't <laughs> she, think she so. She really doesn't think so. No, she thinks we're no we're no more safer than we were before. I don't think so. Are you surprised by her I answer? I think terror is up worldwide. The oh. statistics indicate that. The what? fatalities are way Wait, wait, wait. What statistics, up? Senator? Her statistics. Her I mean, statistics. Uh, where's your sources? Can you please tell me? cite your sources? Uh, she's a senator. She doesn't need your... Your cute oh, well, let me guess. No, no. I, you know what the sources are? I'm sorry, but they're classified. I can't really share that with right, you. Right. But according to my sources, <laughs> uh, it's going up. Sources, Chase. Indicate that. The fatalities are way up. Wait, fatalities uh, from what? Accidental drone bombs? I, I actually what? think what they're doing is they're taking the fatality count in Syria. They're saying those are deaths from terrorism, and they're saying that the overall deaths from terrorism are up. Because deaths in Syria are up. What about the overall deaths of automobile accidents in the United States from impaired drivers? Terrorists, Chase. Terrorists. you got to focus on what, terrorists. What, what about our jobs Be numbers? They don't what? have bombs. Uh, the numbers are way up. 
Uh, there are new bombs, very big bombs, trucks being reinforced for those bombs. There are bombs that go through magnetometers. The bomb maker is still alive. The bomb maker. There are more groups than ever. And there is huge malevolence out there. Now tell me she doesn't just sound like an old lady. The bomb maker. She doesn't even say his name because she can't remember his name. She, all she knows is there's some guy out there that works for Al-Qaeda who's making bombs. I know. I sit in my uh, little shack here in uh, the beautiful Sahara <laughs> Desert and uh, I make bombs for Al-Qaeda. The bomb maker is still alive. There are more groups than ever. And there is huge malevolence out there. Oh, huge malevolence. Now, of course, Diane Feinstein, she's supposed to be watching these intelligence communities you know, right along with Mike Rogers. You know, I got to say, Chris, you know, after all the billions of dollars that we've invested in the infrastructure, in the transportation security agency, uh, you know, I feel so much safer. No, Diane says we're not safe. In oh, fact, wait, no, I don't feel safe. In fact, Roger says not only are we not safer, it's harder for the NSA and intelligence communities than it's ever been before. Al-Qaeda as we knew it before is metastasizing to something different. What? More affiliates he used than a big word there. had before. Wait, wait, wait what was the big word that, that he just Metastasized. I gotta look that up. And also affiliates. Al-Qaeda as we knew well, it I know before what affiliates is metastasizing are. to something different. <laughs> more affiliates than we've ever had before, meaning more groups that were operated independently of al-Qaeda have now joined al-Qaeda around the world. All of them have at least some aspiration to commit an act of violence in the United States all of them. or against Western targets all around the world. They've now switched to this notion that maybe smaller events are okay. So if you have more smaller events than bigger events, they think that might still lead to their objectives and their goals. That makes it exponentially harder for our intelligence services to stop an event like that. Because essentially one person here. can do a small event. Absolutely. Oh, good job, right, Kenny. Right, good all job. All right, so do you know what metastasize means? Metastasize is like a cancer. It's like it grows. It, it builds throughout your body. It, like yeah, it over spreads. Yeah, it spreads. Yeah. 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 I, didn't, I didn't know. See, yeah. I, you know, in, the more you know, kids, when you don't know a word, go to, uh, go to the magical Google machine and it will tell you. Nice. Yes. So uh, AQ, which is what we call it now because we're hip. Al-Qaeda. The problem is, Chase, is uh, they're in Syria, and then they're going over there. They're learning how to kill people over in Syria. Don't forget making bombs. And then they're going to come home and, and, more and use that killing skills And here they're going to make bombs and, and use bombs. And bombs. And bombs. So what you see what's happening in a place like Syria, where you have a pooling of Al-Qaeda members and affiliates, affiliates. of Al-Qaeda in a way we've never seen before at the level of numbers Do that we have never seen before. And so uh, for a little history lesson here, the whole Al-Qaeda affiliates thing came about during the presidential election of 2012. Earlier on in the presidential election, you know, after uh, we'd killed Osama bin Laden because of uh, yay Obama, there was this push to be like, yeah, Al-Qaeda's on the, on the run. We got Al-Qaeda. They're getting beaten up. Al-Qaeda. So then when the military industrial complex still needed to justify their existence, their enormous budget, and their killing around the world, we came up with the concept of Al-Qaeda affiliates. At the level of numbers that we have never seen before, and here's the scary part of this, some thousands of people showing up uh, to participate in that, in their mind, jihadist effort, uh-huh. uh, are Westerners, meaning they have Western passports. Oh, A percentage of them have already gone home, uh, including the United States, by the way, is included in that Western number. We we are very, very concerned that these folks who have Western paper have gone there, Western participated paper. in combat events, tra- are trained, are further radicalized, now have the ability to go back in, in Western countries. We know and that apply. those...
So his whole argument here is if you break this down, what, what, what Mike Rogers, chairman of the Intelligence Committee, is saying is he is saying because they are fighting over in Syria and learning how to kill people, they come here to the Western nations, including the United States. And so therefore, in order to keep everybody safe over here in the Western countries, we have to monitor everything because you see there's people amongst us who are in Syria. We know and that apply those are, that trade. Well, apply that trade. And now they have a connection, a direct connection to Al Qaeda affiliates operating in a place where most people would say, well, we have no interests in Syria. Well, clearly we do. Well, yeah, you dumbass. We're monitoring everybody because maybe people are connected with Syria. And so maybe if this guy was connected with Syria and he's connected to this guy, well, we need to monitor both those guys. So listen, dumbasses, this is why we have to monitor everybody's cell phone. We know and that apply those are, that trade. Well, apply that trade. And now they have a connection, a direct connection to Al Qaeda affiliates uh-huh. okay. operating in a place where most people would say, well, we have no interests yeah. in Syria. Well, clearly we do. See, what he's saying is it's very complicated, and sometimes when you look at it at the surface, you don't understand why we need to monitor everybody. But look, clearly we have an interest there. Yep. And you got to understand, Chase, at this point in the game, this is so serious, this is so important, that even debating this, even discussing this, this puts lives at risk. We're fighting amongst ourselves here in this country about the role of our intelligence community that is, is having an impact on our ability to stop what is a growing number of threats. And so we've got to shake ourselves out of this pretty soon oh, and understand oh, that yeah. our- we got to shake ourselves out of this, Chase. We're in some kind of stupor, Chase. Wait. I was just playing a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I mean, do you hear what he's saying with that sentence? He's like, the very debate is causing a stupor, and we're not actually going out there and fighting so, terrorists because so, so we're slaves, debating it. Slaves, you need to shut up right. and know your role. You're hurting us. And you need to get back in the fire. Even discussing is, this. is having an impact on our ability to stop what is a growing number of threats. And so we've got to shake ourselves out of Knock this it off. pretty soon and understand that our intelligence services are not the bad guys. The bad guys, the Al-Qaeda affiliates, uh, Russian intelligence services, Chinese intelligence services, the Kuds. You know, all the people we make up, except, well, not the Russians. You know, but- you know Chris, we, to be fair here, we, we, you know, we're not totally anti any intelligence. Right. I don't think we've ever been fully anti-intelligence right. no, that'd be here on the show. That'd be silly. We understand that there is a role for intelligence in in, in terrorists and evildoers out there. There are bad people out there. We know this. Yeah, we're we're... Number one. <laughs> now, that being said, I, I don't understand how monitoring, you know, and tracking the data of, of law-abiding American citizens that are not doing anything wrong, over the 700,000 people that are placed on uh, uh, do-not-fly lists, and they have no way of knowing why they're on that right, list right. and how to get off of it. Or even when they go on it. Or, or how they got on it in the first place. I don't understand how those particular security situations have any effect. Oh, remember bombs. The bad guys, the Al-Qaeda affiliates, uh, Russian intelligence services, Chinese intelligence services, the Quds Force that operates terrorism events all around the world. Those are the folks we need to focus our attention and our energy on in order to keep America safe. So it seems to me what both of you are saying is you have to like this focus on. Right, you got to keep us safe. Keep America safe. We shouldn't be focusing on the NSA to keep America safe. Protecting the Constitution, protecting the born rights of every American citizen, that doesn't keep America safe. Not talking about the NSA. That's what keeps America safe. We should just blindly let them do what they want to do, and that's the only way we can keep America safe. Do you want to be safe? Yeah. Then shut up and let them do their job. Okay. Those are the folks we need to focus our attention and our energy on in order to keep America safe. So it seems to me what both of you are saying is you haven't liked this focus on the NSA and the complaints about the NSA. 
in terms of the breadth of, of, of what they're collecting. Well, I would argue it allows them to for focus on the problem. We spend a lot of time now uh, internally focused. They're up there. I can't tell you the thousands of man hours they have spent trying to prepare people to, to understand fact from fiction, what is happening versus what is not. You hear he's starting to stumble. He was going to say prove. He was about to say a bunch of words. And it's interesting because what he's kind of saying, if you listen carefully, is I can't tell you the amount of hours we spend spinning the news to that way to blur the lines between fact and fiction. I can't tell you the thousands of man hours they have spent trying to prepare people to, to understand mm -hmm. fact from fiction, what is happening versus what is not happening. And we both, uh, both of our committees take great pride in our real oversight function of which huh. we participate. Oh, no, 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 real no, oversight no, function, No, no, no. <laughs> they're, they're, they're proud of the function of the right. message that they're trying to deliver. Remember like two weeks ago when we covered the story that Dianne Feinstein was pissed that they were spying on uh, Angela Merkel? Yeah, yeah. That she didn't know? Where's that real oversight there? She yeah. didn't even know that was happening, supposedly. Yeah. Hmm. In our real oversight function of which we participate in to make sure they're not violating the, the law. Fake, fake well, we've stuff. had to recreate all of that work over and over and over again every uh -huh. time there's a disclosure. And our fear is Bullshit. We, every time we do that, we take them away from their focus, well, which well, is what is Al Qaeda's next event? Well, screw you, because maybe if you would have done it right the first time yeah. and not gone around things and gone to a rubber stamping FISA court well, to what, let you do shit like this. I mean, come on. What kind of bullshit is it that every time there's a disclosure they have to refactor no their, no that's bullshit their oversight no, no they Listen, don't we're, every time we do that we take them away from their focus well maybe you shouldn't be spying on us maybe <laughs> you should be your focus is on foreign intelligence <laughs> foreign is the key word there motherfucker Listen, we're, every time we do that we take them away from their God, focus guy. which is what is al-qaeda's next event who is moving somewhere in the world that's trying to get into the United States or an allied country to, to kill somebody? Bombs. Yeah, because if by talking about the NSA, by talking about the NSA, we distract them from their goal and somebody's going to get in the United States and kill somebody. So it's kind of interesting when Mike Rogers and Dianne Feinstein go to CNN for the Sunday talk show. You got to figure there's a bigger reason, right? There's got to be, yeah. right? Well, yeah. we've actually talked about it once before on the show. There is a little act called the USA Freedom Act that's actually getting a little bit of support. Fueled by Edward Snowden's leaks, members of Congress want to make sure NSA reform is on that agenda, too, whether leadership likes it or not. Yeah. In the House, the USA Freedom Act is, for now, the legislation of choice, with more than 100 co-sponsors, including 51 Democrats and 51 Republicans. I like that. There's a similar bill working its way through the Senate. I like that. And should leadership refuse to bring... Leadership would be Rogers and Feinstein. Yeah, that's right. The ones that are heads been of the there intelligence been there for so long. Right. And should leadership refuse to bring either of those bills to a vote, there's yet another route for NSA reformers to take, using must-pass bills at the end of the year as vehicles for reform. Oh, you know what that means? We've that seen means, them slip. Yeah, this well, in. yeah. Well, we've we've seen the like the the American Farm Act of uh, 2012, and they slide in some. You're some... you're missing the big one that happened last year on New Year's Eve. Oh, we we talked about it was the uh, NDAA. NDAA. Yep, yep. To defend the Fourth Amendment. To, to defend the privacy of each and every American. That was a tactic tried earlier this year with the Amash Conyers Amendment to the National Defense Authorization Act that would have stripped funding from the NSA's bulk collection programs. The amendment was narrowly defeated. But now, months later and several new explosive leaks later, lawmakers in the Senate 
are eager to try it again uh-huh. with their NDAA. Uh-huh. They believe that if the vote were held today, it would pass. There too, however, leadership is pushing back, as the chairman of the Armed Services Committee, Carl Levin, doesn't want any NSA reforms included in this year's NDAA. Uh-huh. This fray over the NSA, along with other issues related to sanctions on Iran, might prevent Congress from even passing an NDAA for the first time in 51 years. Imagine what, that. What if, I, what if I said, Chris, what is the way to combat this? I've said I've already given the golden answer. Oh, I know what it is. Show me the money! All you have to do is even threaten to co- uh, cut a percentage right. of their funding. Right. And you you heard the political machine t- kick into a full spin. Could could the Huge. lobbyist monster allow the ND Now remember the NDA, the indention the uh, indefinite detention aspect of the NDA is only one part of the National Defense <laughs> Authorization Act. It's about funding the national defense. That's right. Yes. So I couldn't imagine that not passing. I mean, that was so important that Barry, who was totally against the whole indefinite detention, had oh, to sign it in order to pass it. Because it needed to keep going. Right. Had to. Had to keep going. Matter of national security, Chase. That's right. So now these guys are saying, you know what? We're just going to attach this NSA to funding crap to this. Yeah, if you don't pass it separately, if you if you don't let us push it right. through separately, which we already have support, which right. we just heard, right. we're going to slip it in this bill. Right. Well, actually, they won't slip it and They'll tell everybody yeah. they're putting it in the yeah, bill. Yeah. Yeah. Make a big stink about yeah, it. Yeah. Absolutely. Can. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. And of course, so this is why I think Diane and and uh, Mike are well, out. They, well, they have to go out there and propagate the same message, right? And the, that, that proactively. Message, and that message is fear. That message is bombs. The bomb. uh, bombs. That hey, don't forget about the kids. We got to throw that in there too. Put somewhere. it in printer, printer cartridges and underwear. <laughs> Again, no NDAA for the first time in fifty-one years. Whoa! So that is what's going on in Congress, yeah. And that's also what has the top defenders of the NSA. So concerned, Chairman Rogers and Chairman Feinstein, their rank and file members willing to wreak havoc on the legislative schedule just to make sure they get a vote on NSA reform. I think this could be an interesting showdown. And it's going to happen before the end of the year. And this is something I, I definitely want to track and keep on keep mm-hmm. on the book. Now, we got to throw out a red, red book prediction. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right, all right. Now, Chris, uh, obviously, this is something that has to be renewed every single year. Yep. It happens by January 1. Yep. And we are now, uh, as we record close. this, we are December fourth. Uh, December fourth. So we are twenty-seven days away. Yeah. And uh, what do you think? Do you think uh, this is going to come to a showdown? It's going to come to a showdown because this this NSA topic, unprecedentedly. What's interesting? We still have we still have like we remember we we kicked the can on the whole shutdown thing too. Yeah. So we still have to deal with that. Yeah. But aside from that, we've been covering this topic now for weeks, uh, a quarter. Since, yeah. Actually, the summer. a third, a third of our show history. Yeah, here we of are. Unfilter. Here we are, almost at the end of 2013, and this came out at the beginning of the summer. Here's right? the number for you: 33 percent of the unfiltered show, <laughs> 33, nice. has been NSA coverage. Right? Yeah. So there is no way in hell that this 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 will not be talked about by the end of the year, and right. it's it's probably going to come to a head. It has to. It will not get passed by the end of the year. It will not. What? That. NSA funding? Yeah. Wow. So you think they'll defund at least in some part by the end of the year? Yep. Something will, yeah, I mean, it has to happen. All right, I'm putting in the red book. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting because, because you got so many parties on both sides here. Yeah, and you also have the 2016 elections that are starting to ramp up, so people need to politically align themselves to look right. good in that. And the thing is, if if they align themselves saying, well, I support the NSA, that is that is as, as right. bad right. as a thing you can put yourself that's into. That's toxic almost. Yeah, that's, yeah it's very that's toxic. interesting. Because if you've noticed the numbers, 
you in that story, fifty-one uh, Democrats, fifty-one Republicans. Yeah, that those numbers are are very intentional, specific yeah. numbers yep. because it shows it's not a majority on either side. It's a it's a commonality that they all want to come together and make this happen. It's interesting. It's all of the non rock star politicians, all the ones you never really hear about, the ones that, that actually go there to represent right. you. Those are the ones that are standing up, and all of the ones that you see on TV. All of the ones that get on the interviews, they're the ones that are like bought and paid for. Because I, because I think there's really two different segments of po- uh, politicians, in my opinion. There, there's the rock stars that you talk about, the ones that want to make themselves career and they right. want to be there until the seventy five, and they want to yeah. be a, a what a Lindsey Graham, and they want to be there. They want to be there forever. And then they're the ones that yeah, they truly want to represent their district or their area or mm-hmm. their state. And then when they're done. They're done, right? And they come back to they're the ones you never right. hear about, right? They're, 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 yeah. I mean, you never hear about them. No. So, um, so let's shift gears yeah. as we wrap up the unfiltered show for this week. Yeah. Uh, you know what? We are rapidly approaching. So you mentioned that we've been covering this NSA story since it broke. Something else we've been covering since election night that it happened yeah. is the legalization of cannabis. Yeah, in Washington, Colorado. Yeah. So let's start. Let's check in with Colorado and see how they're doing. Because it's actually maybe not going so well here in Washington. News, sports, weather, and all the marijuana info you could ever need. Oh, is that a new network? Colorado, Uh, uh. starting next month, the Denver Post has appointed a marijuana editor. This is Ricardo Baca, the Post former entertainment editor and music (laughs) critic, and wait, how do I get this gig? How do I get this gig? Chris, first off, yeah, yeah, all right, marijuana editor. All right, all right. They don't have an alcohol editor, do they? Well, they might have like a wine guy or a movies guy, right? Yeah, but they don't they don't have a I, I think what know. it is is like a booming industry. It's totally to capitalize on that to get people I mean, newspapers I need readers and they're like, "Hey, I got an idea. Let's talk about weed." You know, speaking of newspapers, side side note. I I, I was in 711, uh, I was picking up a Slurpee, and I noticed the Seattle Times. Yeah. is the thinnest thing in the world mm. and it's a dollar. And I'm just thinking no one's that's why no one's buying these. Yeah. And it's already old content. Yeah. I know. It's weird. So weird. So uh, in one of the upcoming supporter show, I have an interview with this new Denver Post uh, a guy. But this is just – it's a fun you clip. You do? Or, well, yeah. I, well, no, not an interview with him. I, oh. A clip of an interview. I don't – Oh, okay. Come on. Let's be reasonable. Let's be – this is not how we do say, things. And then you're going to announce that I'm moving to Colorado <laughs> yeah. and I'm becoming the next marijuana Hell! correspondent. That'd be awesome. This, this weed is really good, man. <laughs> I tell you. Four leaves up. This is Ricardo Baca, the Post – Former entertainment editor and music <laughs> critic and the he paper's right new over. marijuana That's editor. Awesome. He's been with the Post for 12 years now. Baca says he's never been a full-on stoner, but has partaken in marijuana in the past. Oh, in a memo sent inhaled. to staffers after the hire, the Post news director, Kevin Dale, called marijuana the paper's biggest story in the coming year. Last year, Colorado and Washington became the first states to vote in favor of legalizing marijuana. Later, the federal government decided it would not fight the vote, even though using marijuana for non-health purposes is illegal under federal law. Ooh. Colorado will begin allowing and taxing the drug at the beginning of January. But how do you cover a drug when your workplace has a no-drugs policy for its yeah, employees? Exactly. Well, the paper's VP of Human Resources says, smoke responsibly. As with alcohol, you are not allowed to ingest either via cigarettes or food, marijuana in the office or coming to the office, reeking of marijuana. 
If you do imbibe marijuana in the course of covering it for your job, we expect you to take necessary steps to ensure you do not drive while impaired or put anyone at risk. The Denver Post says it's also looking to hire a freelance pot critic, a freelance pot columnist, and a freelance video game writer in an effort to, quote, cover cannabis culture and news from a professional journalistic point Uh, of view. Can I get the pot job and the The game game joke? Hey, 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 Chris, uh, uh, I I think we got Wolf Blitzer from the Situation Room coming in with a breaking news announcement. Oh, here we go. Hold on, Chase. This is breaking news right here. CNN breaking news. This is CNN's Wolf Blitzer, and you're in the Situation Room. now right here in the Situation Room. We are connecting over satellite with our marijuana entertainment video game specialist, Chase Nunes, who has just moved to Colorado to cover this important developing story. Chase, what's happening now? Well, Wolf, it's just been announced here, breaking news from Denver, Colorado, that the Denver Post has decided to reformulate the way the paper is made, and now the paper can actually be smoked as marijuana while playing video games. I'm Wolf Blitzer. Chase, is there any rumors, any truth to the rumors that they are actually converting the entire printing plant over to cannabis and using hemp paper? That is correct, Chris. Uh, Basically, what's going on here is they're working on a new formulation to take the colored ink out of the pictures (laughs) so it can be 110% smoked with your favorite cannabis. That nice. Now we have like rolling papers in the newspaper. That's right. Nice. I like that. And that's how you could sell it for a dollar a paper. So uh, you could sell for more. (laughs) However, uh, the legalization track not going so great on the private company front here in Seattle. In Seattle, the fight over recreational marijuana continues. It's legal, but Seattle hotels are not welcoming pot smokers. And as Kyra 7's Graham Johnson tells us, the city has already given up some conference business. When Washington voters legalized adult-use marijuana a year ago, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws thought Seattle would be a good fit for its 2013 conference. We struck out. Normal Executive Director Alan St. Pierre says no downtown hotels would welcome pot smokers. We thought post-legalization, the um, Emerald City as it's known... You know, all right, all right. I gotta say, you, you go ahead, and then I have something. To say. These hotels are fooling themselves if they don't think about half the people in that hotel are already smoking pot already. Yeah, and and that being said, I mean they can already. Uh, now I don't know if this story is about get, letting. It's conferences. But letting customers smoke at the hotels. Well, I mean, they just didn't want to have the conference. I mean, a lot of places already have non-smoking right, policies. Right. And honestly, uh, like smoking a joint, that stinks. So, but, you can uh, stink up a hotel but, room. But are they, but are they saying – this is what I want clarification. Are they saying no just because of the content of the conference or are they saying no because they're afraid that they're going to be smoking they at the conference? They believe that their customers – in fact, they'll have a quote in here, Chase. They oh. believe their customers are above smoking weed. Oh, no. We'd probably be even more inclined to take this business. Um, but to our chagrin, um, 500 people were not able to convene in Seattle to hold a national conference. St. Pierre says the 500-person conference typically generates a couple million dollars of economic impact. Normal wow. has convened in big chain hotels around the country, including Denver's Grand Hyatt in 2011. Our state's indoor smoking ban allows hotels to offer some smoking rooms, but increasingly, most hotels in Seattle don't. Okay. Here at the Alexis Hotel, all the rooms so, are smoke-free, yeah. and the general manager tells me they haven't considered pursuing cannabis tourism. 
It's not right, necessarily well, right. our demographic. Chris, I'm sorry. You hear that? This, not our demographic. But you know what? This is a non-story. I know. This but is a major well, non-story. listen to this. This is it's why you should be watching news. It's not our demographic. I think what it is, is it's anti... It's, it's, it is not news. This is why we're covering it, is because... It is. They take a non-news story yeah. and they spin it as an anti-weed Pop, yeah. story. But it's not an anti-weed story uh, from the hotel's perspective. It's just that we don't want smoking. We don't want smoking. Yeah. And in fact, I'm cool with the entire report until the lady says... It's not necessarily our demographic. Bullshit. It's not your demographic. Yeah. Bullshit. That's a, that is a bullshit stereotype. That yeah. is bullshit. It's not your yeah. demographic. It's not necessarily our demographic. That's false. That's absolutely false. I guarantee you half the people in that hotel are smoking pot right now, you dumb woman. Yep. It's Professionals not necessarily our demographic. Yeah. I think our traveler is a little bit more sophisticated. Ew. 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 No, they don't, they don't smoke the pot from Seattle. No, they, they smoke the pot from, uh, from Amsterdam. That's the stuff that they are really sophisticated and they yeah, smoke. Give me a break. The Alexis has pursued business from same-sex marriage, which voters legalized the same time as marijuana. Yeah, but same-sex Seattle marriage tourism doesn't cause the blinds or and, the, and the floors yeah, to stink. stink. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean. Well, no, just keep going. Chain hotels here are especially cautious because marijuana is illegal under federal law. That has nothing to do with it. With- I know. I'm sorry. I know. I know. This, that has nothing to do I know. with this story, You Chris. see what I'm saying? You see how they... That you see, Fox, the Fox affiliate here really pushes this into the anti-weed. I got another one. I got another one for you. Uh, Questions whether there's much of a market for catering to marijuana users, although Normal's leader clearly thinks there is. Those dollars might go to the other state that legalized marijuana recently. Cannabis tourism is more advanced in Colorado, with at least one company advertising 420-friendly hotels. So far... There's nothing like that here now, I in don't, Seattle. Graham Johnson, Cairo Seven, oh, Eyewitness Cairo. News. I, I don't I don't know if the state of Colorado. They probably do. A lot of states do have a uh, indoor uh, smoking law. Uh, or again, uh, I'm going to look that up real quick. But it's one of those things where it's like this is not hotels saying no to right. pot. We have this a no is, indoor smoking in general in the state. Yeah, I know. Unless, unless you're in a tribal casino, you don't wait, think the local wait. news knows that too? I, and the tribal, of course they do, right? And the, and the tribal casino will not allow pot at all because it, they they are under federal laws. Right. Right. So they they are not going to chance losing right. their gambling and right. crap. So this is a non-story. Here's another non-story ah! for you. New tonight, police are asking for your help to catch a guy they're calling Smokey the Pot Shop Bandit. <laughs> He's robbed four pot paraphernalia shops in just the past couple of weeks. He wears a hoodie, a knit hat, and dark pants. He chats with workers, checks out the pipes, and then pulls a gun and demands money. He's hit stores in Federal Way, Tacoma, Renton, and Seattle. Each time, he tells the clerks, this is nothing personal. This is obviously what this is, is this is the message, look, legal weed also has crime problems. We just must have crime problems because it grows from the ground. And because it grows in the ground, it must attract criminals. This is nothing personal. If you know who he is, call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-TIPS. And it's pretty personal for them. Oh, right. shit, yeah. So, so Chris, uh, I did a little research, some crack researching from the Jupiter Broadcasting News team. Mm-hmm. And in Colorado, uh-huh. okay, as of J- uh, July 1st, 2006, smoking is no longer allowed in most indoor public places this hmm. includes restaurants bars lobbies elevators and restrooms here is what is, is exempt from the law private homes residences and automobiles unless they're using for child daycare uh, uh, up to 25 percent of rented hotel or motel rooms. hello everybody 
so there is an exemption uh, for – now, I don't know if the state of Washington has this exemption, but I know this. The state of Washington has pretty much one of the most strictest uh, no-smoking laws. Mm-hmm. Like you can't even smoke within 25 feet we of We have a, of a provision opening. for hotels where they can have certain areas of the hotel allowed for smoking because it's it's like a sleeping thing. But it's totally election – like the hotels elect to implement that or not. Right. It is totally their policy. And if they've decided they are a smoke-free facility, it doesn't matter if it's cigarette smoke, if it's crack smoke, or if it's weed smoke. It's smoke-free. That's that's what that means. But I find it interesting. So Denver, I mean, at least from the outside, Colorado in general seems really like ready for this. Like there's there's pieces about their tourism that they're going to do. They're, they, they have in Colorado, they have tourist companies who are going to offer people three day tours of all the different weed destinations and then provide them with places to sleep, to sleep off the high before they get back in the car. Like that's the approach they're taking in Colorado. Here, we're just pumping up the anti weed rhetoric and we've bumped opening stores until January. All right. So uh, according to the state of Washington, uh, it effectively banned smoking in all public places except – there's the exception. All right. 25% of hotel motel rooms. And th- there's an annotation here on the uh, Wikipedia, so I do believe that. Uh, they do allow it in, in private uh, uh, clubs with no employees. Businesses on tribal lands are exempt as well. So – Yes, Washington state law is a, bit, is a lot more yeah, a lot more stricter. However, they do have exceptions yeah. for hotels. But don't you think it's in the right of the business owner Absolutely. to decide? Absolutely. I am all about uh, pr- so, that. Absolutely. Why is it that – why can something be passed by the people and then the local news channels just pick all of the worst things about it? Because remember, what, what's the old saying? If it bleeds, it leads, right? If, if it's a negative connotation yeah. of a story, yep. you're going to get people like, what? Yeah. I voted for this. Yeah. I want to see why you're right. my local hotel is not They're playing me. They're playing me is what yeah, you're exactly. saying. Yeah, right. you're right. Damn it, Chase. Damn it. All right. Well, uh, we have more information in the, uh, for the season of weed, including uh, a, a, new, uh, a new paper that was put out uh, by the uh, American Civil Liberties Union. It says that uh, between 2001 and 2010, there are over 8 million pot arrests in the U.S. That's a pot arrest every 37 seconds, and it brings hundreds of thousands into the criminal justice system just over pot. Uh, enforcing marijuana laws cost $3.6 billion a year. And, of course, the war on marijuana has really failed to really diminish the use of marijuana. And also, there's a staggering racial bias. Marijuana use is roughly equal among blacks and whites, yet blacks are 3.73 times more likely to be arrested for marijuana possession. You know what I think, Chris? And I honestly do truly believe this. In five years, this is another long-term red prediction, but in five years— this is going to be nothing. Yeah, everything right. everything's going to be nothing here. You think so? Because because what's going to happen is Washington and Colorado probably at different paces. Nothing's going to change except for they're going to make more profits. The right. States. And what's going to happen is eventually, once all the laws get settled down and people right. finally are able to go out yeah. casually and buy it, yeah. it's not going to be a big deal. I have a red book prediction too, and I'll write it down right now. Is I think this story here, where they're talking about you know a legal pot business getting broken into, yeah, we're going to hear a lot more stories about how. Legal pot hasn't reduced crime. They will yeah. focus on all of the criminal incidents that happen involving legal pot and really make a big deal. And out you're of also going to see more stuff about you know impaired driving because of right. pot. You're going to see that as well. I mean, you already kind of. I mean, the, the testing procedure is very very odd right now. Uh, you know, it's. I agree. So we got a couple of emails we should get to. Yes, we do. Uh, our first one came in from BJ with the description called "Damn Sons." Supporter Snowden backlog BTS had way, way more in it than I imagined. 
had to move the sync folder on my phone to yeah. my Western Digital NAS drive. So he's talking about the uh, the BitTorrent sync where yeah. you get all the files since episode 54. Yeah, Blew huge, his mind, Yes. Chase. That was a fun hour or so learning how to run it on my book my book live, but yeah. it can be done with a PowerPC image. Thanks again for your guys' efforts on the shoe. We got a, we got also got another email from another college professor this week who said he's going to be using some of the clips for his classes. That is awesome. Another one. It's crazy. Uh, you know, what was that, a, a nice little footnote? Yo. Uh, Aaron writes in and says, hey, what unfiltered means to me? Nice. A year ago, I dropped Netflix streaming and Lou of Jupiter Broadcasting and rerouted a year's worth of viewing enjoyment as a one-time contribution. That year is up and it's time to reassess. This year, my birthday coincided with Thanksgiving. I had the day off but didn't really know what to do with my morning. I ended up deciding on celebrating by catching up on Unfiltered. hey oh, Realizing how much value I have in the content on the, on the content you guys create, there is no way I can justify not becoming a subscriber. As always, thank you guys. You guys are awesome, and the show is awesome. Thank you very much. Yes, one of the one, it's very uh, it's it, it's good to hear one of the, one of the big pieces of feedback we get from our unfiltered supporters is they had no idea how good the unfiltered supporters content was, and so that's that's I always love well, hearing that. If if you guys want to get to know us, I mean, obviously. We're not all about doom and gloom. We all are not about hate, hating on uh, the uh, NSA. Wait, and, can I be, though? I want to be that guy. And you, and you don't have to wear pants. That's true. But it's sure. one of those things. I mean, we go off in so many weird tangents. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, that, and that's They're the best fun. part. And over the holiday season, we'll have even more uh, unfiltered support and exclusive shows coming up. Yeah. So it'll be a better time than ever totally. to sign up. Now, Chris, this is the time of the unfiltered show we look back. We, we, we go reflect back and we reflect on predictions. On predictions, and one of those predictions that we always make is what the unfiltered unfiltered subreddits now, subscriber. Now, now we did, Chase. we did, we did, uh, we did miss a week last week yeah. uh, because of the Thanksgiving. We had some holiday. time off. And uh, what was my prediction? In episode seventy six of Unfilter, according to the Red Book, you predicted that we would reach one thousand and twenty three unfiltered. And you told me, Chase, Don't do it. you are freaking crazy. You're going to embarrass yourself. You're going to screw up your stuff. You're messing up. You're messing up your yeah. head. Yeah. Chris, I, ha- I have some news to share. All right, hold on. What is it, Chase? We broke it. What? Yep. <laughs> One thousand thirty-five. Whoa. One zero three. Broke it by ten. Unfiltered Almost readers nine. at twelve. Yeah, All right. So simple math. Something. What do you got? What so, do you got for next week? Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, you I'm know, gonna write it down right now. It's gonna be a very low prediction. All right. Because this is a, a very magic number in the in the world of the governments. What do you got? Ten forty. Ten forty, nice. <laughs> Just about time too. That's right. Yeah. All right. So next week you're gonna you're, so go to over to unfilter.reddit.com. Help us gauge what goes in the show by voting, by commenting, by submitting. All of that we look at that almost every single day, and that helps focus the show. So go over there, unfilter.reddit.com, and subscribe. Ten forty is what you're 1040. trying to get to. Now, now, Chris, during the course of the week, you uh, you actually tweeted out earlier today, a little teasing that the awesome news about the Linux Action Show and Juniper, oh, Juniper yeah. Broadcasting. Yeah, yeah. I saw that; it was awesome. Where can people follow you? Twitter.com/slash Chris L A S on the Twitters. Yes. What about you, Chase? Uh, if you want, you can follow me on the Twitters as well. In 140 characters or less, I spread my wisdom to nice. the drive-by masses <laughs> at Nunes N U N E S. What about like if I wanted to? Watch that episode you did about the Amazon Prime drone, something like that. Where would I go? Geekgamer.tv. We got oh CES gosh. 2014 coming up, too. Oh, I got to check it out for that. Yes. Don't forget, you can also join us live on a Wednesday over at jblive.tv. Go over to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar to get yes. it in your time zone. Hang out in our chat room. Don't and forget if- the shirts. The shirts, the shirts, the oh, shirts. Oh, yeah. Teespring.com slash Jupiter 2014. Go get yourself a limited shirt. It's only going on for a little bit longer, and we'd love to have you support the network that Exclusive. way, too. 
That's right. All right, everyone. Well, thanks so much for tuning this week's episode of Unfilter. We'll see you right back here next week. week.